Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. I am your host, Michelle Burkhardt. Welcome, 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 especially a huge welcome and shout out to all of the, the new folks who have joined us recently. So before I get into the teaching time that I'd like to share with you today, I want to send out a huge thank you to those of you who have been listeners, um, whether it be recently or whether you've been around for, for many months. Um, we started this podcast in March of 2019, so we're really just over the 10-month mark. And due to all of you not only listening yourselves, but also referring out and sharing with other people... <coughs> We just hit the 10,000 listener mark in 37 different countries. So a huge shout out to you guys, because I feel like all I do is get on and talk, but you all have done the amazing work of, of sharing that out. So thank you so much. Uh, again, I, I never take it lightly when you choose to spend some of your very precious time with me. So thank you so much. All right. So I'll get right into it today. So what I, okay, let me just be real with you. So part of what I want, I'm going to share with you today is really just a reminder to myself. Um, another part of it is that I see people around me all the time getting really worked up about things. So what I really want to share with you today is this idea of, of what do you do um, when people around you are bringing their stuff? Okay, so I read this statement this morning in one of the things that I was studying and it said, you don't have to attend the war that somebody else hosts. You don't have to attend the war that somebody else hosts. I love that thought. So I started to really kind of meditate on it and reflect and, you know, what does that mean to me? What does that mean to, you know, people that I work with? And what does that mean to just, you know, people in general. And so I'm not going to take a whole lot of time. I'm, I'm going to share with you three different examples um, and, and give you a couple tips. Okay. So the first example I immediately thought of, I have three children, they're 10, 13, and 15. So they provide me a ton of um, evidence for this one. Um, so uh, not too long ago, I experienced one of the, the, I, I take it milestones in parental history, um, that one of my children yelled out the term, I hate you. Right now, I totally understand that this particular child is going through some, some issues, right? So growing up is hard to do, right? Especially when you've got a lot on your plate and you've got a lot of hormones rushing through and so in that moment, I realized, number one, she's not speaking the truth, right? And number two, she's growing, she's learning. So in essence, you know, what can happen? And I've seen this and heard stories before of people that would say the same thing, their child did the same thing, and they kind of went off the deep end and they, you know, let's talk to this child about, you know, let's not use your words and like that to hurt somebody. And, and there's merit in that. I'm not judging that at all. However, the way that I looked at it was, this really doesn't mean anything. Right. And of course, you know, within about an hour or so, you know, she came back and she said that she was sorry and she was feeling a lot better. So in this moment, it's, it was like a mini war, right? So remember, you don't have to attend the war that, that other people try to host. So in that moment, she was, uh, hosting her own little war, kind of attacking me. Right. Honestly, I probably told her she couldn't do something she wanted to do. Okay. 
but I did not attend her war. I did not go in the middle of it and try to make it worse, right? I acknowledge she's having a hard time, right? She's not giving me a hard time. She's having a hard time. There's a big difference there because if somebody is giving you a hard time, the human reaction is to give them a hard time back, right? But if they are having a hard time, our human reaction is to what? To help them, right? So in this moment, she was having a hard time and I knew it was because she was learning and growing. And so I just let it be. Okay. All right. So what about the example of when you're with your significant other? So this could be your, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your best friend, whatever your significant other, that really important person is. Now you would think because they're an adult, they have learned and grown enough that they shouldn't have an issue, right? Yeah. Okay. Well that that's ideal, but let's talk about reality. So the reality is we all have our moments, right? We all have things that we struggle with. We all have moments in our lives where things might not be going so great. Okay. So we call it in our house, we're having a moment. There's all kinds of reasons for it, but when your significant other is having a moment of their own, what is your natural reaction? Okay. So for example, the other night, my, my husband was really struggling with something and I knew he was struggling with, it was an internal thing, right? Um, because he's going through a tremendous growth process right now. And so I can tell when he's struggling and it has nothing to do with me. So I actually gave him a lot of leeway, right? So when he was a little snippy or when, you know, he did some things that I didn't think were maybe in the best interest of, of the whole family, um, I gave him a lot of leeway because he, he's learning and growing and kind of in his own moment, right? But what about you? What's your, your tendency? Okay. When somebody is, um, having a moment, do you try to, you know, have a moment back, right? What's the pattern that you have established? Because in that moment, although that person is not necessarily trying to pick a fight, although you do know when you're trying to push each other's buttons, right? But when they are truly having a hard time, they're not starting a war with you, right? They're having a war inside themselves. So they are fighting a war that you cannot see and you interpret it as a war against you. Okay. So in this moment, you do not have to attend their war because this isn't your war, right? So the other night, I didn't have to attend that war. I know this is his struggle and I can't do anything about it. Now, one thing I can do is I can show compassion, right? So in that instance, I gave him his leeway so he could do his thing. I didn't call to attention things that I thought needed to be fixed, right? I gave him compassion. Now, compassion might be shown in different ways to different people at different times. But the point of compassion is that you see that somebody is having a hard time and you, you want to help and encourage them. Okay. So you can't come in with this idea of, oh, are we going to war now? Right. Because that's not showing compassion. Now, let me talk on the whole other flip side of this, because there are some people out there with the personality and you know who you are. And I know that you're listening that they show compassion all day, every day. And they kind of, because they're empathic souls, they, they suck everybody's wars inside themselves. Okay. They attend everybody's wars. They make everybody feel better, but then they, they go home at night and they are feeling a lot worse. Now, 
your job is to show compassion, which I know that you know how to do and you, or you think you know how to do it. However, um, let's just talk about this for a moment. Let's t- use a physical example because that's typically easier to understand. So let's say you're uh, out with your best friend and um, you, you're doing something active, physical, and all of a sudden your best friend breaks their leg. Now, in this moment, it's pretty clear to understand that there's a problem, there's an issue, we've got to get this under control, right? Now, what would you do? Well, you, you know, call 911, go to the doctor, depends on where you're at, right? But you, you would get attention and you would fix that leg, right? Now, who in this scenario, your friend with a broken leg or you, is going to be more in charge and in control of the situation? Well, hopefully it would be you, right? Because your friend is in pain. They probably know on a conscious level, okay, we need to do this, but maybe they're so um, engrossed in that pain that they're not able to, to call for themselves. And so you being the person who has your wits about you, right, would call. All right, so let's take that example and apply it to some of these other issues. So let's say your, your best friend is having, having a a really hard breakup or they just got a divorce, something significant, right? And the more compassionate and empathic souls, what they tend to do is they take all of that on and then they take those feelings with them and they go home and, and it affects them. So when you're in the moment and this person is having their really tough situation, It would be just like if your friend who broke their leg, if you sat down next to them and you cried with them. Now, you know, at some point you can understand, all right, I I can identify with you. I can, you know, show some sympathy, show some compassion for you. But the true helper would be able to look at that person who's going through distress and say, I, let me have my wits about me and let me help you in your, your journey. Okay. So that's just my warning to those people who tend to take on everybody else's stuff. Um, true help would be that you would keep your wits about you so that you don't just enter into all of their, their stuff and their own war, right. But that you would keep your wits about you and help them come out of that sooner. Okay. So definitely show compassion. Um, just be careful in how that shows up. All right. Okay, so the last one uh, example, I, I guess, as far as people go, is really the, uh, what do you do with people at work, right? I mean, man, wouldn't, wouldn't life just be so much easier if you didn't have to deal with people, right? <laughs> um, especially at work. Um, guys, I am often asked to come in and help teams who are quote unquote toxic or dysfunctional, or they just don't like each other to understand each other and move forward as a team. Okay. I absolutely love it. I really, really do. It's like play for me. Um, I know for some of you, you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't think of anything worse. Um, I love it. And, and I love that I get to do it in so many different kinds of teams and everything really is the same regardless of your team. So even if you said, Oh yeah, Michelle, but my team is that's okay. There's similarities there. Okay. So, you know, coworkers tend to sometimes create drama, don't they? Drama from, 
either bringing their own personal drama into the, to the work field, or they, um, create drama. You know, maybe they are, um, believers in this idea of political power in the workplace, or, um, they just like to stir the pot, um, or drama. Recently I was talking to a coaching client and there's lots of drama because, um, a coworker doesn't really understand her job. And so she throws drama on everybody else so that the light is not put on her. So there's a lot of reasons for drama, right? And you might know the reasons, but most likely you don't. Okay, so there's two things that you can do with these kinds of people because they're bringing a war in essence, right? So you don't have to attend the war that somebody else hosts. They're bringing their drama storm. So there's two things that you could do. First of all, you could try to understand and, and not understand, like get into the nitty gritty of, okay, this person is telling me all about their personal life. You don't have to understand that, but you can try to understand a little bit about the thinking that goes behind this. Okay. So really becoming a student of people, why do people act and react the way that they do? So you know, if you want to know more about this, there's several, uh, podcasts that, that we've done in the last 10 months that will help you understand people a little bit better. I would highly suggest that you key in on any of the podcasts that have drama in the title, because that's going to help you understand that process of thinking a little bit more. Okay. Now, the second thing is until you truly understand how people think, um, avoiding these folks as much as possible would be your best bet. Now, sometimes you can avoid them and sometimes you cannot. So for example, if your boss brings drama to the workplace, well, you can avoid your boss up to a certain point, right? But what I'm saying is try to limit your exposure. So if you know that you're having an issue with a certain person and they always take their break at 10, 15 every morning, don't go to the break room at 10, 15. Don't expose yourself to their war, their storm. Okay. All right. So now I briefly want to just touch on something a little bit larger, and this really goes towards, um, people and consciousness. So there's something that happens when you really plug into things like news, media, um, whatever your source of information is, right. Whether it be on the TV or online or, or the newspaper, um, you know, there's a lot of drama and storms and wars that are brought to us in the form of concepts, right? And the news is really good for this because they are trying to sell themselves, right? They're trying to sell their product, which is the news, right? So the more sensational, the more war-like they can make their coverage, the more that people will watch, or at least so the theory goes, and the, the more, you know, money that they'll make and so on and so forth, right? The news and the media does not necessarily have your best intention in the forefront of their mind, right? Um, they have ulterior motives. Also, some people in authoritative positions. So I am not here to judge or, or cast doubt on anybody. I'm just going to use a couple examples, um, historic examples. Okay. So historically authority figures such as, um, the medical profession, the political realm, um, even the church, right? They have a vested interest in you 
acting and reacting in certain ways so that the organization of their system remains the same. Now, I, I wish I could had more time with you. I really go into depth in that. But what I'm saying is that um, let's say you are, uh, you know, you're dealing with an illness and you go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, now you got to take all these meds, but you don't have the belief in meds and you would really like to try alternative means. Um, and your doctor is against that. Well, now you're going to have a war, right? Ultimately, it would be nice for you to find a doctor that would agree with you and say, let's experiment and have a relationship as we're doing this so that the doctor knows that you're being safe and you know that the doctor is still taking care of you, right? That's a, a cooperation, a collaboration. It's not competition or war, okay? Um, thinking about it this way, um, let's say your, uh, your church says you, you have to do this, this, and this. So a great example would be when I was growing up, um, I attended a, a certain church. Uh, I'm not going to even tell you the denomination because I don't think the denomination necessarily matters. It's more about the church, the individual church and how it's run. And they had very strict rules about how you could live your life. One of them was absolutely no alcohol whatsoever, right? And when I married my husband, he grew up in uh, a church that that was actually, that's just a way of life. Um, and so when we went to our first event together with leadership from the team, and I realized that everybody at the table was drinking alcohol but me, I was shocked, right? Now, I had an internal war or struggle I dealt with, and I'm fine with that. You know, I every now and then I'll, I'll drink a glass of wine or something. It's not a big deal to me. Um, I don't think it affects my life at all. Um, however, I am talking like maybe a half dozen drinks a year, okay? Um, however, if I were to go back to that previous church, um, the authoritative positions in that church would uh, have a real issue with me. We would have a war because I am not following their rules. Okay. So I'm saying that because sometimes there are wars that are created in our life that, um, first of all, are, are us, right? We're having a struggle of our own. Sometimes there's wars that people around us are having that we didn't cause, but they try to invite us in for one reason or another, right? Sometimes there are wars that are happening that we just kind of step into because we're not aware that it's somebody else's war, and sometimes there are wars from people who really do believe that they have your best interest at heart. And so they lay down the gauntlet for you and you, because you know, you want to be a part of something, you say yes to that, but you forget that you know what's best for you. Okay. So there's all kinds of reasons for a war, but I'll go right back to that saying that we started with at the beginning. You don't have to attend a war that somebody else hosts. Okay. So I'd really like you to kind of be on the lookout for these little drama storms and, and, and moments and, and people that are having a hard time and try to assess whose war is this? Is this your war? Is this their war? And what do you want to do about this? Right? Do you want to just acknowledge, Hey, they're, they're having a moment. They're growing, right? Do you want to show them compassion with boundaries? Um, do you want to avoid it at all costs? Um, do you want to question where is this coming from and where do I fall on this, right? 
So really, I'm just asking you to be more aware and understand that you have all the choice, control, and power. When it seems like there is a war, you are never a hostage. You always have a choice about what to do about it. All right? Awesome. I hope this was helpful. Enjoy. You know what? We'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye.